You're listening to Beyond the Studio, a podcast for artists. I'm Amanda Adams. And I'm Nicole Muller. We're both independent working artists ourselves. And here on the podcast, we have honest conversations with fellow visual artists about their careers and the real work that happens beyond the studio. You can find us online at our website, beyondthe.studio, or on social media at Beyond the Studio, where we share episode links, visuals, and so much more. If you're an artist and would like to be featured on our social media, or maybe even on the show, you can submit yourself to our listener spotlight and share what you're learning beyond the studio. Just follow the link in our show notes or go to beyondthe.studio slash contact. Beyond the Studio is a fiscally sponsored project of Independent Arts and Media, I Am, a 501c3 nonprofit organization. You can make contributions to the podcast by going over to our website, beyondthe.studio slash about, and click on the button that says donate here. All donations made through I Am are tax deductible. Your support is greatly appreciated and goes directly towards sustaining the work of the podcast. If you love the show and haven't rated, reviewed, or shared the podcast, what are you waiting for? Please take a moment to show us your support. If you've already done this, thank you. It means so much to us, and it's one of the best ways to help us keep going and growing. Hello, Beyond the Studio listeners. We're back. We're back. (laughs) After a slightly longer than summer break. But we are so happy to be back and we are returning with a bit of a catch-up episode. We wanted to let you know what we've been up to Uh, in case you missed it. We put the podcast on pause back in June or uh, around June so that uh, Nicole could focus on her massive public art project and I could focus on getting my life together. And it was uh, a well-timed break in in both of our lives for different reasons. Uh, But now we're back and we wanted to take the time to catch you up. And uh, yeah, all kinds of things kind of happened in our work and lives over the course of the last like, I don't know, like five or so months. Seven months? Has it been seven? It feels like longer. What is time? I forgot to count, but it does feel like it's been a while. So we're excited to be back. Full disclosure, this is actually our second attempt to record this episode. (laughs) I don't know if we were planning on sharing that. Yeah, why not? We'll be honest with Here we are. We have nothing to hide. In full transparency. Yeah, we recorded a version of this episode uh, maybe a few weeks ago. Listen back. Didn't love it. And (laughs) (laughs) we're striving to bring the highest quality content here. So we're coming back to record it again. You know, it's, uh, I felt a little bit rusty, to be honest. It had been a while since we've recorded and it takes Mm -hmm. a little bit to get back into it. So we're, uh, we're trying again. This is take two. We have a lot to catch you up on. I think part of the challenge was there were so, so much that had happened that uh, it was hard to distill it into one reasonably length episode, um, but we're going to give it another go. Yes. As much as I love a like very either unedited or loosely edited, casual, long form podcast, ours is we're, we're trying to have it be a little bit more concise. Um, so rather than give you the uh, two hours of unhinged chaos that was what Nicole and I recorded <laughs> previously, <laughs> um, we decided to come back now that we've kind of gathered ourselves a little bit. Maybe we'll hang on to that. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, maybe we'll hang on to bits and pieces of that, share it, share it later. Who knows? But it wasn't bad. It was just uh, I felt like it. Well, speaking for myself, I felt like it took me a while to say what I meant to say. And I said everything in like the most circuitous way possible. And I told a whole bunch of stories that were disjointed. So we'll share those stories later across other episodes, but this is going to be a little more concise. And, you know, we're just we're, we're getting back into it. We recorded a couple topical episodes that we're going to release after this. 
but we ended up sharing a lot of information in those that we were a little bit redundant. So we just wanted to like tighten the ship here. Tighten the ship? I don't know. <laughs> yes. <laughs> I mean, if you've been a longtime listener of the podcast, thank you so much. We are glad that you're here. Um, you're probably already familiar that we'll take these breaks from time to time. And the reason being that Amanda and I are both full-time working artists. We've got a lot of other things going on in our lives. And so um, we love working on Beyond the Studio. And it will always be, I think, a big part of both of our, our social practices um, and a great form of community building for us. Um, but we've also been pretty open that it, it has to fit around our work and lives as artists. Um, so that's really our number one priority. And um, we've been pretty open about taking breaks when we need to. Um, and that's kind of what led us to taking our break over the summer. Like Amanda said, I had been working on a big public art project that we've actually talked about in past episodes um, with the city of Tempe, Arizona. And that was really gearing up around spring, summer this year. And I knew that things were about to get really busy for me. Um, so that's kind of what led us to the decision to take a step back and hit pause on the podcast. It ended up being perfect timing for both of us, I think, for reasons which I'm sure Amanda will get into later. <laughs> yes. But um, for me... You know, I think it was a little bit earlier. It must have been around April because that's when I was starting to really get into the fabrication stage of this public project. And from about April to October this year, I would say has been my busiest season ever as an artist. So it's been really exciting as well as being a really demanding period. Um, I had essentially three big projects I was working on. This one with the city of Tempe that I mentioned called Clark Park was a kind of like multifaceted project for a public park and recreation center. Um, that's really the main thing that I was working on this year, but I also had a couple of large semi-secret painting commissions that I signed some confidentiality agreements for. So I won't go into too much detail about those quite yet, uh, but that was another big bulk of time spent over the summer um, juggling those three projects. Um, so all of those are pretty much wrapped up by October. So everything's been installed for a couple of months now, and I've really been trying to kind of intentionally slow down since then, but when we decided to take a break with the podcast, we were, um, or I was just entering into that kind of busiest period with all of those projects. So they'd all been kind of in the like communication or research phase for a while. And um, specifically with the Clark Park project, I created a large mosaic or large lithomosaic piece for the exterior of the fabrication center, as well as a couple of like stained glass pieces for the interior that I worked with a local fabricator to produce. Um, but for the mosaic, I made the decision to fabricate the mosaic in-house or to do that myself at my studio in San Francisco and then transport it there to be installed. So it was a much heavier lift than if I had outsourced that part of the process. And we go into this in the public art episode, so I won't kind of unpack that fabrication process in too much detail now, but a big part of this project for me was being able to remain really hands-on with the creative process because so much of public art can be really administrative or design-oriented. Um, so when it came to this piece in particular, it was the first time that I'd ever worked in mosaic and I really wanted to translate my painting process into a new medium and just felt like I needed to be the one to make it in order to kind of see that through. So I knew this would be a much more demanding project than if I had um, kind of worked with another mosaic studio or like a team of fabricators in order to produce it. So I was fabricating that piece uh, full time for about six months in addition to like kind of juggling these other painting projects and very quickly realized that this was not a one person job. So in addition to um, kind of working um, myself seven days a week for that period, I hired on a couple of studio assistants for the first time. And we again, will go into more detail about that process in the public art episode that we have coming up as far as when and how I knew that I needed help and the process of bringing on studio assistants for the first time. Um, but that was really crucial for being able to, to complete that project. 
So I think even though this period has been really kind of intensive and busy for me, I've felt really honestly grateful for it because this is what I've been working towards for my you know entire career. It's only been in the last two and a half years that I've been able to shift into working for myself full time. And so I think it, it feels like a privilege to be this busy um, at this time, but it's also required me to kind of like continually evolve or rethink my approach and, uh, you know, hire help when I need to and just trying to do it in a way that doesn't lead directly into burnout um, because that's something that I've uh, been familiar with in the past. And uh, Been there, done that. Ah, <laughs> <laughs> uh, yes. Burnout and I are very closely acquainted. Um, Listeners, just refer back to our many episodes where we discuss it. <laughs> Just listen to any early episode of Beyond the Studio and you will definitely hear us talk about the hustle. Yeah, so, you know, it's just it's just part of it. You know, it's it's like part of this life we've chosen um, as an artist. Often we're working day jobs alongside other creative projects. And that's, you know, part of like what we do in order to see our work realized. So I, I knew this was going to be a busy season, but I also felt like there was a light at the end of the tunnel. You know, all of these projects were kind of wrapping up between August and October. So this was like a short, well, you know, seven month uh, sprint of kind of working around the clock. But I have really been trying to intentionally slow down since then because I can't maintain that level of production consistently. Um, and so... That's, I guess, been a change from working previous jobs that have been a little more traditional nine to five where, you know, you're like working Monday through Friday and taking the weekends off. My schedule doesn't really look like that anymore. It's very project based. And so I was focusing on these projects really fully for a period of time and then, you know, taking the next month to slow it down and step away from the studio, like give myself that time to rest. So having a more seasonal approach, I think, is one of the ways that I'm trying to avoid that level of burnout, um, and then also hiring help, again, knowing when to get support for the projects um, in order to kind of keep like taking on and, and like saying yes to these things. I did also have to say no to a few things, so it's not as if I was just, you know, I do have a limit as far as my capacity and what I can do, <laughs> but um, the, the Clark Park project had been kind of, you know, two years in the making, um, and then these other painting commissions that came up there um, were things that I really didn't want to say no to. Um, they were really great opportunities, you know, working with some larger brands that I was excited about. And so I felt like these were opportunities I couldn't pass up and just had to kind of find a way to make it work. So that's a little bit of a like Cliff Notes version of my year. Um, and I've been slowing down, like I said, these past few months, um, kind of like slowly getting back into some other projects, uh, some smaller commissions, but definitely not working at the same high intensity pace as I was over the summer. But I think for me, like some of the bigger shifts are just being able to fully focus on my art practice for what feels like the first time these past few years. Um, I feel a little bit single-minded at times, um, but it, it really is the first opportunity I've had to go all in and to really invest in myself. So I think that's been, you know, I'm really grateful for that, but it's funny that the more time we have to kind of devote to one thing, it, it's almost like the more impatient I feel in some ways around other future goals. And so I think trying to just kind of balance out some of those aspirations with more gratitude for the present and like all of the opportunities that have come up this year especially you know in the season as we're kind of at the end of the year and looking back and reflecting yeah um, so I think I'm just trying to you know remain really grateful for the projects that have come about um, even while I'm still kind of striving for ways to push my practice forward I feel like Mike and I constantly have this conversation at home about how it's so easy as an artist or creative, or maybe it's just a very human thing, but we have these moving goalposts that every time we achieve something and accomplish something, you're so focused on what the next goal is and what your next plan is that you like kind of miss the opportunity to 
sit in the gratitude of what you just accomplished and like really reward yourself on like, hey, I just did a thing that was really hard and that like was a goal mere weeks ago that I now accomplished. And I think it's it's such a common thing. Like we, we do that all the time. Yeah, we were just having, um, we actually just did an interview earlier today that I won't <laughs> share yet because this episode hasn't come out yet, but um, you'll all, you'll hear it later. Uh, we, we talked a little bit about the sort of postpartum depression after like a big exhibition. And I've definitely felt a little bit of that in the aftermath of some of these projects where, you know, you're so focused on like meeting your deadline or hitting a goal and you're just like in the studio making and then all of a sudden the work leaves and like everything's wrapped up and there's sort of this like letdown where it's easy to fall into that trap of you know it's like having too much time to think almost where you start to look around instead of just like looking back or looking within and um, Mm -hmm. I think trying to like zoom out and recognize that as a part of the cycle and you know to just give yourself that like debrief period too where you're kind of looking looking at past projects and and not just being so future focused all the time So I think just trying to um, resist that like urge to be so like focused on what's next when, you know, you're just sort of wrapping up some bigger projects. And uh, the truth is, I I think there's there's always like a transitional period. So even though the installations are done, um, there's still like things to be done for these projects. Um, We're still waiting on final documentation. Um, You know, I haven't been able to really share like the final culmination of these works or like update my website or do like any of the kind of marketing that might generate other similar projects in the future. So I feel like there is this kind of limbo period where even though the work has been installed, there are still kind of other things to do. So just remembering that that's also part of the work and part of the process and not kind of like defining all of your time in relation to the work that you're producing in the studio. Yeah. And those lag times happen often, especially with like client work where you like complete a project. You're like, well, it's not going to be released or promoted for another year or whenever. And you just have to figure out how to like, I don't know, keep progressing various things while technically these things that are done are still a little open Yeah, I think it does require some trust because, um, you know, again, there's always that pressure to think about what's next. And I have some smaller things lined up, but not, you know, nothing really big on the books yet for 2024. And I think rather than allowing that to be kind of fear inducing, I have to, again, just look back and remind myself that this has been sort of the busiest season yet. I've gotten to work on some really exciting projects at a scale that, I really like could have only dreamed of a few years ago and there are all of these kind of really positive or like exciting indicators that things are going to continue to come and like that being the thing to focus on instead of the like open spaces in the calendar for next year and just trusting that those projects are going to lead into other things and that you know again just kind of like keeping the perspective of looking at where I was five years ago compared to now and the growth in terms of like scale of projects and finances and all of these things that um, it's easy to kind of overlook when you're just in your day-to-day so I think the podcast definitely helps us with that you know we've always said it's in like a sort of time capsule Mm -hmm. and I know as we've been getting back into recording uh, Amanda and I both have been listening back to a few older episodes and it's always a good reminder for me of where yeah where things were at where I was at like five plus years ago so I feel like anywhere that we can create those records for ourselves whether it's in the form of a podcast or Mm -hmm. even just uh, things like looking back through old sketchbooks or journals Um, I mean, all of those things tend to serve as reminders of where, you know, how how much we've all grown personally and um, like where we were compared to where we are. Yeah. And it's uh, like just listening to you talk. I'm I keep thinking like 
man, is Nicole giving me therapy right now? Because this is all the same kind of stuff I need to hear. <laughs> and I feel like that's sort of like a, a low key function of the podcast is sort of acting as this living document that we can keep checking into to like remind ourselves and remind, I don't know, the world, I guess, quote unquote, that like we're okay and that we're figuring it out and that we're progressing and that we are learning things and that we are making, you know, dreams into actuality or or whatever. In the previous recording that we had of this episode that we've decided not to share with you, Uh, I had like talked about how at that time when we recorded it about a month ago, I was like super in my head about finances, listened back to the episode we had recorded about a year before that, also about finances and hearing myself in like very much the same headspace, but recognizing that like I had managed to pay my bills every month between those two, you know, financial panic mindset moments. And it was a year apart. And I think we we get so focused on like where we are right now that we can't see the like we can't get a very good perspective on on what our real lives are like because we're like in moments we just get so focused on what's directly in front of us the here and now but getting these opportunities to step back get a bit of perspective and see that like you might be in your head a little bit here and there but the the things you're feeling in your head are not necessarily true. What is true is that you're making your art, you're paying your bills, you're showing up, you're making opportunities for yourself. And like, it's very helpful to hear that, uh, to hear that back in our own words to ourselves, dear listeners, in this very meta moment. <laughs> yeah, it's almost like a bit of an out of body experience sometimes listening back to old episodes because you recognize your own voice and like you remember, you know, it's you, you lived through it, but I think with enough distance, it can also sound, we like hear things differently because I'm listening back to it now as I am today. And, you know, the shift in perspective, I think comes through like seeing those things at a different moment in time and just Yeah, it's always interesting to go back to older episodes and a little cringy, honestly. Sometimes (laughs) I listen back and (laughs) I'm thinking, wow, like, um, you know, like hopefully we're growing and learning and. Yeah, listeners, if you've if you've cringed over old episodes, imagine how much we've cringed over old episodes. (laughs) Not that any listener is telling us how cringy we are. Please don't. Um, but we, (laughs) um, yeah, it is, it is also like kind of embarrassing listening back. Um, the podcast can be a little cringy for us. Yeah. I think it's also a product of just like things that resonate or are true for us at one moment are not necessarily in the future. Um, I know we talk about this in relation to, uh, like doing craft fairs as an example. Um, that's one of the topical episodes we'll have coming up, um, Mm -hmm. just diving into that process. But I know like at different moments in time, it's made sense for you to do them. Others where you like Mm -hmm. swore them off altogether and then came back to them later. So there's never like you know, things are going to work differently at different moments in time. And that's just part of the ebb and flow of being an artist. Yeah, nothing is concrete, or at least in my experience. And yeah, I've had maybe in hindsight, what felt like a bit of a hot take on craft shows where, you know, use that example. Again, there's a topical episode coming soon with all kinds of info about just sort of everything involved with selling art in person at these markets. But I've had such contradictory perspectives around markets where I've it's like a a roller coaster of a love hate relationship. And depending on, you know, where I'm at in my life, what my values and needs are at that point, <laughs> maybe I'm on board with craft shows and maybe I'm not. Currently craft shows and I are cool. So I guess we have like a <laughs> Uh, it's complicated relationship if I were to give a, a relationship Update your a Facebook status, status in yeah. 2013. <laughs> exactly. Oh, God, what is time? <laughs> well, is that a segue um, for us to talk about how the past seven months have been for you, Amanda? I think I, I, think I covered all my updates, um, unless there's anything that I missed you can think of. Uh, yeah, I was going to ask 
if you had any like thoughts or lessons or takeaways or like I don't know anything that you've been kind of like mulling around in your brain over the last bit that you wanted to share I mean avoiding the burnout that we've been discussing is one thing um just trying to keep a, a like a longer term perspective I think you know I've been saying like this season has been really busy and I'm really grateful but I have like other you know future goals like I want to continue to be able to sustain myself in this way and take on larger scale projects and to be kind of ready to meet those challenges so I feel like every project is is sort of like preparing you for the next thing in some way and yeah so I'm trying to like especially in in having this privilege to work for myself and to and having more control over my own schedule and well being more accountable to myself I guess than in other previous roles where I was working you know within higher education or working other day jobs just really um thinking about how I want to not just what I want to be doing but how I want to be doing it and like how to meet these challenges or like periods of growth without self-sacrificing or undervaluing my work or like taking on being like perpetually stressed I think that's that's what I I don't want so I think I've just been thinking a lot about yeah like how what do I want like how do I want to feel throughout these projects like what do I want this life to look like and can I be really like busy and feel financially stable and fulfilled as an artist and like creatively motivated without having to be working 24 seven and constantly stressed and burnt out, which was kind of like an idea of success. I feel like I was sold earlier on or, or kind of assumed like, because it's, it's a hard road, you know, it's a challenging path. And so Mm -hmm. I think there was just kind of this ingrained expectation that, well, if you're going to do these things, like if you're going to be able to achieve your dreams, then it's going to come at a really high cost and you're going to always be like in this state of, uncertainty or stress or you know whatever and I think yeah I think what I've just been trying to do is like recognize some of those belief systems and to question whether or not they're serving me like like does that have to be the case you know can I do all these things and still feel like rested and you know good and not like concerned about the future and so I guess it's kind of like a mental experiment, but um, I do think it's it's informed like some of my decisions lately. Um, being that you know I, if I'm going to take on these projects, well then I can't do it alone. So I need to hire on studio assistants, or I need to outsource certain parts of this process, or work with more fabricators. You know, like kind of growing my team yeah. in different ways. And if I'm going to do that, then I need to make sure that I'm like pricing the work accordingly, like budgeting for those things so that I can afford to pay everyone that I'm working with a living wage. And, you know, like I think it just influences like all of the uh, decisions around like what kinds of projects to take on, like how much are you pricing your work? And these were not things that I necessarily, I think it's like growing comfortable with a lot of things that maybe would have made me really uncomfortable earlier Mm -hmm. on. And that being like a necessary part of growth and kind of getting to the place that I want to be. And so I think that's kind of what I've been thinking about lately are just like, you know, how do I want to feel? And like, what is the, like constantly trying to like define and visualize the life that I'm working towards? Because I don't think I've always, you know, we have like ideas or dreams in our mind, but I think, um, it can be hard to define those sometimes, especially in the arts, because there's so much ambiguity and things feel so open-ended and it's hard to, to like become, to be really specific about what it is you want because you just don't, yeah. like you have to remain open and you, you, you never really know what's going to work out. So you don't want to get too fixated on something that might not come to fruition or like things, things are going to look different than you think. So I feel like that creates like a hesitancy to actually define 
what some of those goals are. So I don't know, just finding that balance between like trying to be a little bit clearer and more vocal with myself um, and with others about like what I need or want while also remaining open to not knowing what's going to happen next and just kind of being comfortable with that and like accepting of what comes. Yeah. Oh, that like gives me a million thoughts, but I feel like it's so important to regularly check in with yourself on like what your values are as a working artist and like what you want your or want and need your your life and your time to look like and recognizing that the like quote unquote work life balance it's going to shift over time and like what you value whether it's like having more time to focus on other things so you can like hire on and delegate these other parts of projects or recognizing like a new limit to your physical capacity just because we are in aging bodies that develop limits over time (laughs) but there's just so much to consider and I don't know it's like so often we uh or maybe as this is like kind of an incomplete thought but like as young artists we sort of fill our lives with whatever projects we can because we're just like so hungry for learning learning and experience and opportunity and as we get older there's a shift where we have to develop a really stronger like a a structure around what our life is like like how we support our bodies how we support our families our community and then find ways to like fit the art practice that's appropriate to us within it like based off of all that experience of like taking on everything now you've You've learned what you want to take on and what capacities you have to really pay attention to. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. I think it is a product of experience, like having good experiences and bad experiences, like knowing (laughs) what you don't want to spend your time on um, or what you don't want to do in the future and like continually trying to work towards what you do want. And, you know, I'm still like actively going out for like projects or like I you know I'm trying to I think once I get documentation of these other installations I can use those to start applying to other public projects and just by virtue of sharing them like hopefully other like things will come my way or you know once people start to see them they'll like lead into other projects but I'd also like to start working with more galleries um, in these next few years and just like building more of a context and a story around the work and I think there's still like a lot of things that I would like to do with the work. And so just like being a little bit more clear with for myself about like the things that I'm working towards while just, you know, it's, you still you just don't know what's maybe coming your way. So I think having a balance of being open and also um, kind of being clear. I don't know. Maybe we can cut that part. I'm not sure where I'm going with it, but <laughs> no, I, mean, <laughs> I, think I, I think said what I meant to say. I think it uh, it comes down to like the balance of knowing your wants and needs and, and areas in which you're willing and capable of being flexible and areas in which you have to be like really concrete. And I don't know, maybe those shift over time as well. I don't know. <laughs> yeah. As we get into like existential tangent. <laughs> yeah, I didn't really intend to go as deep into that, but I think um, it's been a good chance to reflect on the year, like through, you know, through these recordings. And then also I think it's just that time of year around um, holidays, new year, when you're kind of in that mode of reflection. Mm-hmm. So yeah, lots of looking back and kind of planning out what you, I don't know, want to try to do in the next year or whatever. Yeah, I know this year has also been um, a period of uh, transition and lots of like ebbs and flows. Speaking of just accepting what comes and <laughs> yeah, uh, yeah, I don't know if you want to share a little bit about yes this year for you. Yes, I'm ready. Um, dear listeners, so late spring, early summer was when we took our break. We had last done like a an episode like this where we're just kind of catching up on our lives about a year ago 
And at that point, I was in the middle of like filming a bunch of music videos. And I did film a few more after that. But I ended up kind of finalizing my video work for a bit with my first animation project, which did end up taking the first couple months of the year to like construct because I I built a 3D animation set entirely myself from scratch and filmed it all myself. It was really fun learning experience, really challenging. Um, I don't remember any of the proper terms for the type of like animation and like puppeteering style that I used. Um, I thought I was just like making shit up as I was going along, but I was like accidentally using various well-established tried and true animation methods that have been used for like (laughs) at at least decades, if not like longer. But I will share the link for the video. I was just going to be like, it's like that scene in Ted Lasso. Did you ever watch that show where he thinks he's going on a trip and then he ends up like inventing this uh technique called i forget the triangle or something and he like brings it in the next day thinking he's had this enormous breakthrough and it's like a very um because you know he has no background as a soccer or like a football coach he Mm -hmm. um like thought that he invented this thing and it turns out it's a very well established um, (laughs) play or technique in soccer yeah well that was me in animation at the beginning of this year thinking I'm like inventing the wheel so (laughs) I but it was really cool what you made it was really fun um I yeah I'll share the video after that I got back into doing in-person craft shows and markets um like Nicole and I said earlier we did do or we recorded an entire topical episode where I kind of break down how I approach craft shows, what I've learned from doing craft shows. I learned that I think I've done like a hundred craft, like a hundred days of craft shows in oh my, my like decade plus of being an artist. Um, but most of that happened in like four or five years time. Wow. So I took a few years off through the pandemic, but now I'm back. So I talk all about my learning experiences there. So if you are interested in craft shows at all, I highly recommend staying tuned for that episode. After getting back into craft shows, like one of the goals I had for this year was to just like try to try new things, try to get back into things that I hadn't done for years. So I applied to a grant and I won a grant from the Maryland State Arts Council and I highly recommend artists looking into their like city or state arts councils if they have any uh, to see what grant opportunities may be available because the grant that I received, um, I believe it was called the like individual artist grant and it did not, it was like not a project based grant. So it was just a, a check given to the artist for whatever the artist deems to use the money for. Of course, you still have to like document and explain to them what you did. But I ended up having to use the grant for living expenses because even though I had applied to the grant to try to replace my laptop that listeners might remember crashed about a year ago, I still have not replaced my laptop now today in December 2023. But I hope to maybe within the next year. (laughs) Um, We'll move that to 2024 goal. Yeah, we'll put that on a 2024 goal. Um, It's like, how many years will I have buy a computer on my goals list? Listeners, we're not wealthy. It's okay, I'm right there with you. Right? Whatever. We're doing great. So I ended up having to use the grant for living expenses because the very beginning of June, like right after we decided to take the break for the podcast, My husband had a disabling accident while he was across the country, and I became his full-time caregiver for at least three months, maybe a little bit more. Um, It was a a temporary disabling accident. He is okay now. Um, He had fallen and dislocated both of his ankles while he was in Los Angeles to perform. Uh, He's a musician, and he managed to get everything 
situated. I mean, he had to go to the hospital to have his ankles reset, but he still managed to perform his set after. I can't even believe that. After his accident. I know. I like it happened in the middle of the night. I was on the East Coast. He was on the West Coast. He was supposed to play like the closing set. So he was going to go on really late. I like didn't fully understand the severity of his accident right after it happened. And I was thinking like, oh, well, like which leg got injured? Like maybe you can still drive or whatever. Like I didn't even totally understand that he was not able to use his legs at all. I mean, it just goes to show how like much things can change in an instant and then having to kind of like just like change everything. You know, you have to kind of like scramble to like make all these adjustments to your life to yeah um to meet the need and so there's a lot that um is easy to take for granted that yeah overnight I very suddenly had a whole different life on my hands and once we got Mike home it was a lot of like figuring out how to navigate around us both being able to still work um I mean Okay, initially it was just like figuring out the mobility issues of like getting Mike in and out of our house. We live on a hill where we can only access our home via a flight of stairs and our house has stairs in it. After Mike had his accident, I just was focused on like a few things. One was like trying to make our lives as accessible as possible because there's very much about our lives that are completely inaccessible to someone with a disability. Suddenly, many things about our house and lives were really shown a light on how how hard it, it is. And trying to figure out our work situation, like obviously I work from home in my home studio. Mike works outside of the home. So we had to find a way for us both to be able to work. I was able to, and I'll just say immense amount of gratitude to Mike's boss and his coworker, who had really just like reconfigured the entire workspace for Mike to be able to go to work in a wheelchair. Um, he works out of a, like an old warehouse that does have some accessibility. Like there are ramps, there's a wheelchair, and I'll like put it in quotes because there were also immense amount of challenges, like the elevator being a hundred years old and completely manual and like requiring every gate on every floor being completely closed in order to get the elevator. So like if someone on the top floor left the gate open, I would have to run up to the top floor to close the gate so that I could call the elevator down to the main floor, which would not be possible for Mike alone if he was just by himself in the wheelchair at work. So it was like limited Mm. accessibility. Accessibility with all kinds of challenges, which is probably how most things considered accessible in this country actually are, where they're like intended to be helpful, but they're also like really inadequate. So Mm -hmm. this definitely, this experience was very enlightening on just, I mean, I I knew to some extent the privileges I have as an able-bodied person, but there were just so many things that were shed light on that I did not understand before um, without experiencing them so directly. So this experience really lit a fire under my ass to like speak on and advocate for uh, disability justice and access. Yeah. So, I mean, I could just like go on a tangent about that. I'm grateful that we had that like one of the last conversations we had on the podcast was with Natalie Baxter because she talked so much about the experience of becoming a mom on the podcast and just like what happens when you lose your time, the way you find out how to maximize your time, the way you figure out like what your priorities are when something suddenly is is demanding need and, and they're dependent on you. Um, yeah, when someone you love requires that much care. Yeah, I, I took so many of the, th- the words of wisdom that she shared Uh, with me through that experience and just like things that I've learned from friends that have become parents about like and you know not that I became a parent like Mike is an adult but he really was requiring full-time care in every way like couldn't get himself to the bathroom couldn't prepare any meals couldn't get in or out of the house 
Plus, your house has multiple floors. Like, there's so many stairways in (laughs) your life. There was just so much navigating and figuring out. It was so hard. I don't know if I've ever cried as much in my life. But it was also um, an immense learning experience uh, about, like, gratitude. So there's just a lot that... uh, I learned and I'm probably still pretty scattered with my takeaways from it just because it it takes a lot to process, but learned a lot about gratitude, learned a lot about like also just keeping a good attitude in these things in challenging moments and like how you focus your energy and the way that your energy affects other people. Learning a lot about communication and I also... Mike and I talk about it all the time. Um, You'd like get, uh, you like try to express to people what you're going through, but ultimately we never really know what other people are going through. We like never have a true glimpse at the intimate struggles of each other's lives. I think recognizing that like we all have private struggles and that they're probably, they're probably a hell of a lot harder than we're letting on to each other or even able to express if we're trying to express adequately how hard it is. So wherever we can extend some compassion, wherever we can extend some grace and some support, it's unbelievable how far those little things go. Like we had friends that just dropped off groceries and it like, it saved me for like a whole week because you're like, oh, somebody sees me. And also like someone's taking real labor off of my shoulders so it's been a real lesson in, uh, sorry, I'm all like emotional. It's been a real lesson in uh, community care. And I think that as artists, we have so many skill sets and uh, probably a lot of us create because we're pretty in tuned with our feelings. <laughs> so like, I don't know, using that as a way to connect with people um, and just show that we really see each other and be there for each other. So anyways, all kinds of feelings. <laughs> um, so yeah, that took up a lot of my summer. Yeah, it's really amazing. You had such a strong... Yeah. And Mike, I mean, he's one of the most positive people I've ever met. But like any experience like that is going to test you and, and just be so challenging. But I was really impressed with how much compassion and like gratitude that you express throughout that process, even in the midst of that. Um, I think that it really like shows you what you're made of when you go through those experiences. And Mike is on the mend now. He's walking again. Yes. yes. And for listeners wondering, he's recovering and or recovered and Yeah. Yeah. Well and he was still going into work during that time and you were basically like transporting part of your studio to work Mm -hmm. like back and forth with him. So I don't know if you wanted to talk about like the shift and kind of like remote work as a maker, what that looks like for you. Um, But obviously like the priorities just shifted entirely. And I think that's what's like, um, you know, like life happens, (laughs) things like this happen. And as much as we like try and you know, we're here to talk about the business of art and whatever our <laughs> careers are like. There's so much that we go through that influences our work and our ability to like put time into our practice and like it's always going to be changing and I feel like mm-hmm. that's um, that's just a part of it too and it's like figuring out how to navigate those like ebbs and flows and those really unexpected life changes And, you know, sometimes like your work takes a backseat for sure when you, um, especially when you're caring for a loved one or when something unexpected happens. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I mean, I think through, I think throughout the experience with Mike, my primary focus was just like trying to make his experience as dignified as possible because there's so much about a disabling experience that just like strips the dignity from a person and it's like it should not be that way so I was like very focused on trying to like do whatever we could to not have our lives be taken from us any more than it were than it they were so like uh one of the first things we had to think about was work as listeners may or may not know 
Uh, Mike and I are not wealthy, and we are definitely needing to make every bit of money that we make. Um, we live that paycheck to paycheck life, and it may always be that way, but uh, definitely what was the case this summer. So figuring out a way that Mike could still work and I could still work was absolutely necessary. For context, I have a home studio, so I typically work from home, and Mike works as a uh, a builder. I guess I don't know his exact title, but he he builds a boutique guitar amps at a uh, like an artist warehouse center um, that some of the artists that we've talked to have studios in the same building so it's cool to to be there like Katie Pomfrey works there which is neat yeah I was trying to figure out ways that I could work remotely Mike had his desk set up his boss also set up a desk for me so that I could bring my stuff in and work um, I had to adjust a bunch of the projects I was working on so that I could bring things with me and just sort of at the beginning of every day, Mike and I kind of figured out like, okay, here's what we're bringing with. I felt like it did kind of feel like a parent because I felt like I was bringing like seven different bags, like, like tote bags of various supplies and things with us where it's like, oh, well, here's all the, here's all the like wheelchair stuff we need. Here's all the food stuff. Here's my sewing stuff. Here's like my purse. Yeah, you had all your go bags. <laughs> yeah, we just had so much stuff. But it was amazing to be able to work in that way and just to figure out how to adjust my workload so that I could work in a different space. I, at the time, had been thinking about doing these like very large scale, like kind of was fantasizing about doing immersive stuff. And then I was like, okay, we're going to focus on some little little things. So that shifted, but it was totally necessary and really, really cool that I was able to do that. And I, again, it's like, there's just so much gratitude when you're going through something to have someone lend you a hand and like, see you. I think that we just, uh, we're all going through it in some way, shape, or form, and finding ways to be grateful and finding ways to care for our community in those hard times. Like, I don't know. I don't know that I'm really saying much of anything, but <laughs> community care was my takeaway, really. I'm just so grateful that you're willing to share this on the podcast because I feel like it is just a reminder that, you know, everyone is dealing with something like some kind of personal mm -hmm. struggle or experience whether or not they're willing to share that and I think just like you've already said just extending like a level of grace and compassion to the people around you and looking for ways to help is you know we talk a lot about community on the podcast as it relates to like the artistic creative community that we're all a part of or like things that are very career oriented I think a lot of times it's just like asking how you can show up for your friends or neighbors or family and like the ripple effects that can create and you know like going through all of this and then figuring out what it means to to like work remotely as a maker and mm -hmm. also having to still like deal with the day-to-day -day pressures of like, you know, you're both like full-time freelancers and artists and it's not as if life stops even though everything's yeah. changed and in a way like life did grind to a halt. But so, you know, it's like whatever, like whatever we can do to just make things easier for each other like mm -hmm. just seeing how that can really go a long way and I don't know maybe there is someone else that is going through something right now and like hearing you talk about this experience even though it still feels so raw but being like a few months into it or like coming out the other side of it and just to know that like you know, you were able to get through that with the support of people around you. Um, I think that can go a long way too. And that's, I know the hope in like sharing anything on yeah, <laughs> over the airwaves. <laughs> but 
So I just, I appreciate that you're willing to talk about it, even though it's hard to find the words or to like really express what it was like. Yeah. And I know, I mean, I feel like it's, it's always worth sharing like what we learn from our human experiences with each other. It feels like a very generous act. I appreciate that. I mean, I feel that way about our our guests like whenever they share their stories I'm like oh my god you were really vulnerable with us like thank you for that gift and even though I guess I'm offering the same it doesn't necessarily feel that way I have a hard time talking about it um partially because it's still like so fresh and when Mike and I were like in the thick of it we kept talking about how it was such a a mind fuck regarding the perception of time where it felt like a kind of a whirlwind experience that happened very, very suddenly and very quickly. But also, I feel like I really, really lived every single second of that experience. Um, mm-hmm. And so I think it's easy to get caught up in details because it, it were those those little details that like really made life harder or easier. And with disabilities, like, If we are lucky enough to live long lives, we are likely to become disabled ourselves. And so wherever we can like learn from disability and create space for it and access and and like really dignified access, um, I think is really important. So I know I had like a bunch of random things that I was going to talk about, but I kind of just talked about that. Yeah, I mean, when we're given this chance to sort of reflect back on the year, there's there's so much that we could talk about or get into, but I feel like some things end up falling away and it really like brings out like what was most significant or I guess like some of the more like defining experiences of the year. Yeah. Well, that was definitely my most defining or the most defining experience of my year. There was some uh, meme I had seen on Instagram earlier that it just said, January me would not believe the fuck I have lived through this year. And I'm like, yeah, (laughs) that's true. January me would not have would have no clue. How is that true every year? I feel like if. That meme right. just makes me think of like the pandemic or twenty mm-hmm. like twenty twenty January us would never believe what right December twenty twenty us was going I know. through. I know. Yeah, we we'll share the other stories in future episodes. Um, we have some more topical ideas that we will record and we have more guest interviews coming so we're just excited to be back and to be talking to have you know worked the rusty hinge that is picking up the microphone and recording and um sorry for the episode you won't hear it i don't know maybe you'll hear parts of it because i felt <laughs> well, like my in the telling of the story was a little messy this time so i might pull a little from the first <laughs> version i don't know oh yeah maybe this will end up being like a Frankenstein version of both episodes. And listeners, sorry if that story was like a little confusing. I I feel like Nicole and I have talked about this experience so many times that I'm like kind of forgetting how to tell a story to someone who doesn't know any of the details. So if you're confused, I'll clarify in the future. (laughs) We did it. It's been a year. It's been a year. And uh, we're happy to be back, and we look forward to bringing you more episodes, more conversations, more vulnerable moments from Nicole and I. (laughs) We're excited to be back, releasing and recording new episodes uh, for the new year, and we are also excited to share uh, more of the listener spotlight on our social media and our newsletter. So um, we always include a link to that in the show notes. Uh, If you've ever thought about submitting or if you're interested in pitching yourself as a guest on the show or just want to share some thoughts and insights, um, hopefully you'll consider submitting to the listener spotlight. And uh, we noticed that we've been getting some really lovely reviews of Beyond the Studio 
uh, in Apple Podcasts and uh, Spotify. Well, they have ratings, but they don't have reviews. Um, but we just wanted to say thank you. They mean so much to us. We read every single one, and um, we wanted to give a little shout out to a few of our listeners. If you'll indulge us in sharing a couple of these, um, because they they really were lovely and they they make our day and um, they make us feel like the podcast is offering something of value. And it's just mm-hmm. nice to hear your feedback. You know, we don't always get that apart from like DMs or you know if we have comments on Instagram. But it really it really does mean a lot um, to see what you all think. If you haven't shared a rating, review, or any feedback with us, this is your chance. We would love to hear it. We would love to share it. It means so much to us to get a chance to hear from listeners and to to see that we've got folks all around the world that are connecting with us and with our guests. So we just, we really appreciate it and uh, wanted to take the time to share some of those. Yeah, here are a few that caught our eye recently. This one's called... An Oasis in a Desert by Blarg. (laughs) Blarg says, Recently found this podcast and am eagerly binging all back episodes. Amanda and Nicole are so engaging, entertaining, knowledgeable, open, vulnerable, and passionate and talented. You guys, I swear we didn't write this. Their experience (laughs) and energy have been a huge inspiration, comfort, useful, and valuable to this artist illustrator who, as a solo entrepreneur, realizes I can't do this alone. This refreshing podcast feels like a network of artist friends and is introducing me to other networks and artists who share resources. Look forward to every episode. Feels like splashing water on my face on a hot day. Perfect energizer while I'm working alone in my studio. Thank you. Thank you. That honestly made our day. From Black Swallow Jewelry, this is titled, Always Pearls of Wisdom. Every episode serves up some special insight that illuminates whole new spaces in my creative brain. It's like finding big bucks in your pocket when they go through the wash. A delighting surprise. So sweet. So cute. I love all of these like visual metaphors. Big bucks. Yes. I know. You can tell these are written by artists. I know. Right? We love a visual metaphor. Okay, let's read one more. This one's from Studio Paraplui called Straight Dope from Working Artists. (laughs) An authentic and enlightening podcast from two working artists who talk honestly about the financial realities of building a practice and a business as a professional artist. Good information for anyone who's out here trying to make an actual living in the visual arts. Hell yeah! Thank you so much! These are amazing to read, and we, again, just so appreciate all of the feedback. Uh, So if you haven't left us a rating and review, we would greatly appreciate it. Um, We do read them all, and I like this little shout out. Uh, We should should do this more Mm -hmm. often. We'll start including these at the end of our episodes, maybe. So thanks for everyone that's ever left a review, and maybe you'll hear it read aloud here on Beyond the Studio in the future. Yes, it really means a lot to us, especially as Nicole and I are, you know, producing this podcast, but it's not like we get to witness you guys listening back and we don't get to hear all your thoughts and takeaways. So getting a chance to read the reviews is really, it just means so much to us. And yeah, we really appreciate everyone taking the time to listen, taking the time to reach out. Um, I know sometimes we'll get like emails and comments and DMs, so we'll share those as well here. But it it just really means so much to us, Nicole and I, to be able to participate in this podcast, to produce it and and share it, and to know that like we're really connecting with real artists out there. Like every time we get feedback, Nicole and I just like gush to each other as we're sending screenshots of like this just made my day. Oh my god. And um, yeah, so it really means a lot. We may not email back all the time, but we see it, we appreciate it, and uh, we'll say thank you here. Yes. Well, thanks for listening and for bearing with us as we took a little bit of a step back, um, but we it just makes us more excited and more energized every time we return to the podcast, and we can't mm-hmm. wait to start sharing new episodes, so stay tuned. 
yeah, we love we love this podcast. We love our listeners and uh, we love our friendship and we love being able to do this together. So we're really excited to be back. We're so excited to dive into next year with new guests and insights and experiences. And uh, yeah, stay subscribed, stay tuned. And we'll have all kinds of thoughts and insights for you coming into the feed. We'll be releasing episodes every other week while we are in a releasing season. Uh, If we take another break, we'll give you plenty of notice. And uh, as always, please follow along with Nicole and I on our personal pages. Um, We'll share links to that. But subscribe to Nicole's email list. Subscribe to mine. Follow us online. Read what we're going through. See the art we've been making and uh, share the same of what you've been up to. So we'll be back. That's all for today's episode of Beyond the Studio. You can find episode notes, images, links, and references over at our website, beyondthe.studio. While you're there, be sure to submit to our listener spotlight and sign up for our email list to find out about upcoming guests, events, special announcements, podcast giveaways, and more. If you love listening to Beyond the Studio, please leave us a rating and review and share the show with your creative community. Thanks! Beyond the Studio, welcome back. Or we are back. (laughs) We're back! Welcome, welcome, welcome. <laughs> oh my god. All right. Okay, this is false start number one. <laughs> yes, we knew it. We knew it. Oh, oh sorry. Sorry. This yeah. is a dumb anecdote. I don't want to interrupt your train of thought with it. Go for it. Uh, oh, hey, Sprout. I just noticed uh, Brussels sprouts sitting on your lap there. Yeah, listeners may have heard her. Uh, she likes to wake herself up meowing every couple hours and like runs into whatever room I'm in demanding love meowing very loudly and then flops on the ground like please come pet me so she just did that so listeners may have heard the demand for love and maybe can hear her purring now she's very intrigued with your story and uh she would like to pass on a question just kidding I'm asking (laughs) a question um end scene